Bonjour, bonsoir, dear friends, and bienvenue on JCB Live. Another fantastic, exciting, happy hour. Tonight, we have two incredible guests. They are all about fashion, all about style, all about elegance, all about refinement, all about the great vision of the eye, what the eye can see and cannot see. So we're delighted because together they've written several books. We're going to talk about two of them today. And one lives in beautiful California. This is Christine Suppers. She lives in beautiful Palo Alto. She's built one of the biggest fashion collection ever that she was so kind to give and offer to the De Jong Museum. She created a book with Frédéric, Frédéric Aranda, an amazing photographer, world-renowned, based in London. But dear friends, I'm very pleased to tell you, he's Franco-Swiss. So we'll be speaking the language of Moliere as well. They both have won enormous amount of awards and we wanted them today to be part of our lives. So you both get to meet them, to see incredible talent behind writing and artistic skills and photography, and as well putting together two extraordinary books on the vision of fashion and the other one on the vision of California. So dear friends, I'm very pleased to bring the beautiful Christine and the charming Frédéric as debonair as he is from his studio in London. Boom! Bonjour. Bonjour, bonjour et bonsoir. À votre santé, Christine et Frédéric. Bonsoir. Santé. Santé. What a great honor to have the both of you on this wonderful show, Three Way. So, Christine, you are in Palo Alto, Frederic, you are in London, and we are together. What an honor. So nice to see you. Great to see you. So, let's dive into this latest creation that you both did. And maybe you tell us how did you both meet? which really created this explosive relationship and this really fabulous, you know, series of creation that you've done. Christine, do you want to go ahead? Well, okay. Uh, it was a snowy uh, February in 2009. My daughter was in graduate school at Columbia and Freddie was shooting um, I guess he was shooting the New York Fashion Week. I was going to New York Fashion Week and I was visiting my daughter. Um, and uh, he was visiting a friend, of, a mutual friend of ours who was, I think, also in grad school at Columbia. So we all met at a sort of a Upper West Side bistro for a, a lovely dinner. We met and we hit it off and I thought he might be a, a wonderful photographer to, to work with. I, I felt that he didn't have the hangups that some photographers have. He was lovely and engaging and, and full of ideas. And I wanted my clothes to be photographed at some point. I had no idea I'd be wearing them. That was something later, but in the beginning, what do you think, Freddie? Oh, yes, I, you're bringing back all these wonderful memories. Um, and 
and uh, our dear friend Janine who introduced us. And I was immediately under the charm and I, I saw your, your style and, and saw your beautiful clothes. And, um, and then you, you visited London a lot as well, didn't you? So yes. we got, we got to, to photograph the clothes quite soon thereafter, didn't we? Yes, we did. Well, explain us, you know, for all our friends with us, because this is a major achievement. So, Christine, you had an enormous collection of haute couture uh, fashion. Maybe you explain us your vision and how you made this vision a reality. Yes. Well, I was lucky. I had a, a husband who indulged me. Um, that, that's the start. Um, he uh, came from a background where the women dressed very well, so he expected it. So that's the beginning. Um, and then um, a little aside, he uh, did very well early in the days of the internet. Uh, so by 1990, I was buying whatever I wanted for clothes. And it was jolly good fun, believe me. And so... You, you amassed an enormous collection of the finest designers around the world, I assume. Yes, but I took some time to think about it. I had educated myself. It wasn't like, a, you know, some women amass collections, but they're not thinking. They're just going to Beverly Hills and to Rodeo Drive and buying whatever they can think of. But I actually read about the designers. I got to know the designers. I would have dinner with them. I would hear what their vision was. And then from there, I would collect the best of what they had to offer. So basically what the de Young has is the best of what these designers have to offer. So as I was explaining, so you, you got this amazing collection. You decided to record it into a beautiful book that you wrote. And Frédéric worked closely with you on this. And then you donated the collection. So explain us the process because one, I think it's very generous and two, when you offered me the book that I already subsequently bought, you know, because I buy a lot of fashion books, I was so thrilled to meet you because I had known the books before. And I said, I want to meet the woman who's collected such a clever, well-orchestrated, beautifully structured collection. Well, Jean-Charles, the first thing you should know is that if it wasn't for Frederick Aranda, the book would have been very different. Freddie told me that I should be wearing the clothes in the book. I and I thought, oh no, I'm too old. It should be a model. He said, no, absolutely not. It should be you, the owner and the wearer of the clothes. And you know, I think he was right. It made the book different. It made it special. And if it wasn't for Frederick, it would have been a very different book. And you want to show us maybe the cover uh, yes. of the book? And do you we're going to have this the book available, of course. It's a, a jacket, silver and gold metallic. In the back, you see buttons to the front and the back of Yves Saint Laurent from the summer of 1992. So special, they only made four. That's amazing. And how does it feel, Christine? Because when you collect clothes, it's like furniture, it's part of your life. You build a very close affinity to each of those collection to give it away to the De Young and to start again. How, how does it feel to part ways with your collection? 
That's a very sensitive question, Jean-Charles, and I'll give you a, the best answer I can. I felt like my clothes had outgrown their mommy. It was time for them to have a new mommy mm. called the de Young that could take really good care of them. I mean, I had taken such good care of them, but I was at the point where my conservator was coming every month and we were changing the, the filters and the, the air filters and doing everything that I could possibly do to keep it at the museum quality. But frankly, it was museum quality clothes and they belonged in the museum. So thank you for asking such a sensitive question. Uh, of course, that hasn't stopped me from starting a new collection. <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask. Of course, you have a new one now. Of course. <laughs> well, we cannot wait to see. So uh, Frederic, when you um, uh, have this discussion with Christine, what went through your mind? Because, you know, I, I bought the book before we met uh, physically and I was tempted and I didn't want to do it, but to create a whole wall and frame each of the pictures so good and impressive and powerful they were. So explain the artist's process, Frédéric, on, on when you called on a book like this and you photograph for Vogue, Vanity Fair, uh, for so many phenomenal magazine so give us what went through your mind thank you so much first of all for, for saying such kind things um well i'm a portrait photographer and i've always approached it as a portrait photographer and um i'm interested in the collector uh so for me that's the real story and getting to know christine has been wonderful and i and i really wanted to photograph her wearing her own clothes rather than just the clothes by themselves of course about half of the book is still life of the clothes and close ups of the the texture and the details and the fabrication all of that stuff is hugely important and so much fun to photograph as well but for me portraiture is where my heart truly is and so that's always how I approached it. This book would not have been complete without Christine. Well, this is amazing. And Frédéric, on you now for a second, a question I've never asked you. Um, and if um, I'm gonna dare, so you born Swiss and French yes. and you study, which is amazing because your brain is very large. You studied <laughs> at the famous university of Oxford, you know, one of the most prominent university on the planet, and you study, in fact, Japanese. So give us how, as a, you, I think you speak four or five languages, obviously, perfectly well. As a linguist, you evolve into photography, and, and you are where you are today. Wow, well, I see you've done your homework. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yes, I, I, I moved to the UK from Switzerland to study Japanese and then I never left. Um, but I discovered photography by accident while I was a student because I started photographing my mother during her divorce. And this was the this was what started the whole thing off with photography is I discovered that I love taking pictures of people and and photography has this this way of making people feel good about themselves. So for my mother, it was to make her feel beautiful at a time when she needed to feel beautiful. And um, I realized there was a real power in that. And so during term time, I would go back to, to Oxford and I would practice on my friends because I had no 
knowledge of the technical side of things and I'm self-taught. So I practiced on my friends because they were willing to put up with me. And then I went back to my mom during the holidays and I did her portfolio, you know, and, and then I started doing people's portfolio at Oxford because word got around and people who needed headshots for their acting careers, et cetera, they, they came to me to do their, their headshots. So that's how I started photography. And at the same time, I also challenged myself to do my first group portrait at Oxford. So I brought together about 15 people from across the university that I admired in a Vanity Fair style group lineup. And, um, and so by the time I graduated a, a couple of years later, um, I had a portfolio and I moved to London and I started working for agencies and magazines. And the rest is history because it was a great <laughs> success, obviously. Thank you. Well, uh, Frédéric, uh, a technical question maybe that uh, could be very interesting for all of us. And I'm sure you've seen as well the, the famous two years ago Paris Match major prize. Travel around the world, take pictures with the iPhone and show me how good of a photographer you are. I'm curious for you who's understood all the techniques of photography from the negative all the way to digital, all the way to where we are today. Would you walk us through for you as a photographer, how you change the way you look at someone's face or portrait or fashion show, depending on the tools you're using with that? And, and further question, what tool are you actually yourself using? That's such a great question. Um, yes, so I think my generation was the last to take pictures in analog format, you know, so as you say in negatives. And, and so when I started, I shot on film, you had to measure the light with a light meter. You couldn't see what you were doing like you do now, you know, now you take a picture, you see it immediately. You can tell if it's too dark or not. Back then, about 20 years ago, um, you had to measure everything to trust the calculations and to know that what you were doing was going to be well lit and look good, etc. So I think that that definitely gives you um, some, some skills that are very useful throughout your life, uh, even if you then transition as I did to, to digital format. And I now fully embrace digital format, but I think that um, learning in analog format was actually what got me some really fascinating experiences and photo shoots. For example, um, about 10 years ago now, I was commissioned to photograph all the editors of Vogue magazine from all the international editions together in one room. And it was the first time that they were ever together for a group portrait. And Vogue said, we only have 15 minutes to take this picture uh, because they're very busy people. Anna Wintour doesn't have time for this. And after the shoot, you only have half an hour before it has to be sent to the news agency so that it can make the deadline for all the newspapers. So there was no time for retouching whatsoever. And now I know because I've, I learned without actually seeing what I'm doing, you know, when you're shooting analog, you know, you trust the result. So I think that that's why I was asked to do this picture because they knew they had seen my work and they knew my process and they knew that I was able to take this picture and then deliver it straight away. And that's what happened, luckily. Well, that's, that's brilliant. And you've done as well the very well-known 
portrait of the Baroness Margaret Thatcher. That's right, thank you. And, and you're about to embark, uh, and I don't know if it's confidential, maybe you want to share it, with a famous uh, Duchess as well, right? That's right. Yes, so the Duchess of Cambridge um, thankfully selected me to be part of a, of a project to photograph Holocaust survivors now that it's the, seven, well, it's now the 76th uh, anniversary of the liberation of the camps. But last year when we started, it was the 75th anniversary. And to mark this occasion, I was asked to participate in this project with her, with, you know, the Duchess of Cambridge to photograph Holocaust survivors living in the UK with their families. And so that's what I'm working on. And we're waiting to start shooting again next month. Well, congratulations. So many, so many th phenomenal things to talk about. So Christine, we know you love wine as well, and we know you have a great uh, wine collection, as well as art, because behind you, uh, there's an incredible painting I, I, I hope and wish uh, you tell us about, because I think this is a painting I may somehow recognize. Well, it, it's a beautiful painting. Uh, belong, <clears throat> excuse me, it belonged to my mother's uh, dear friend. And when she passed away, she gave it to me. It's a California painter. Um, and uh, I just thought it would be a happy thing to have behind us to show sort of California and uh, in all its glory uh, while we drink our champagne and our wine and uh, that's yes. right. Yes. I'm, so I'm, I'm serving a little more for you because, Christine, you're the ladies of words beside beauty and fashion. So I'm going to ask you to describe the JCB 69, if you don't mind, in your own fashionable words, of course. All right. Well, I will tell you straight off that it's, uh, it's smooth. It's warm and it's elegant. Ooh. Those are words that make me happy when I think of a, a champagne, something that's smooth and warm and elegant. I mean, what could be more welcoming or embracing in a champagne? That's right. Well, thank you so much. I feel privileged having participated in making it. You're making me feel warm now. <laughs> yes, well, it's, it, it's, and it, it gives a, a sense of, a, I think a champagne is quite often poured on important occasions and it gives that sense of unforgettableness. I love this. I'm gonna borrow those words from you in the future. <laughs> it's, it's sort of an unforgettable champagne. Thanks. I confess it's not the first time I've, I've drunk this champagne and it won't be the last. But Good. I have to well, say it's one of my favorites. Thank you. That's what I'm hoping. So, Christine, you know, you're an amazing mentor yourself to, to your family, and you mentioned your daughter. But as we talk about fashion, to accumulate so strategically what you've done, uh, explain us the process and who was your mentor? Uh, because we all need one, and hopefully we all have one, and if, if not, we should. Well, to, to paraphrase uh, a quote that you gave us for, for our book, California Elegance, you are family first, and as, as I am as well. And it was my mother and my grandmother who mentored me. <clears throat> my grandmother uh, 
was a great fashionista from Chicago. My mother uh, came to California in her 20s and was the client of uh, Galanos, very, very famous Los Angeles designer. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, well, sort of, she just sort of showed me the way. And uh, she showed me that to buy the best clothes is the best way to go because um, these are clothes that will be passed down and kept and, and indeed they are, they're in the museum now. So she was my mentor, family first. That's amazing. And um, you know, I was, um, I was at Jean-Paul Gaultier uh, fashion show and Karl Lagerfeld fashion show, one of his last one in fact, very luckily in Paris. Yes. You know, several years ago, and we were talking about why, because we have an amazing museum in Paris, as you know, on fashion, which really came only 20 years ago. And the whole debate at the dinner table was, you know, when is really fashion belonging to the world of art? Um, thanks to you, Christine, I think we now have achieved it. Don't you think that now people are really thanks to great photographer like Federic who captures it, too, have now graduated to fashion being a form of art. Yes, I, I think it is. And I think that anyone who says differently is, is mistaken. Fashion is art. The, for instance, the, the making of wine is art. Would you not say? I mean, oh, of uh, course. lifestyle is art, all right? Uh, lifestyle is art. So exactly. is fashion. Um, I want to go back to Frédéric before we go to your major achievement, which is your latest book that we're releasing now. Frédéric, what, um, what triggered really, and you've explained documenting your mother and her beauty and charm, but what triggered in you the fact that you knew you could do it, that you knew you should go for it? Because there's a lot of friends with us tonight that are thinking maybe what I'm doing is not the right thing. Maybe I have another talent. And you were a true entrepreneur going for it at the same time. But what was that moment that for you made you say, I'm going to pursue it? Oh, wow. You know, I think it takes an element of folly to be so single-minded about something and, and to just be so self-confident about going for it that I think you need to be very blinkered in a way. But um, at the same time, I think um, my parents always taught me to, to just always strive for what I want. And, uh, and, and that was also what I saw in my everyday life, you know, at school and everywhere. So I think it, a lot of it comes from there, really. You know, you might not be of confident in every aspect of your life, but sometimes the planets align for certain other aspects and, and it all just works out. So. Um, I, I'm very passionate about whatever I put my heart to, and I think photography has just um, obsessed me for the last two decades, and I think it will just be the story of my life, really. And do you, do you as a Franco-Swiss originally born, obviously you have a better English accent than I do, <laughs> uh, do you believe in destiny or that it was you know what you came on this earth, in fact, to to achieve and to have us look at, you know, photography and art and people in a different way. I think you make your destiny. I think that, yes, 
things can be destined to be a certain way, but you can always steer them in another direction if you want to. I think destiny is willpower. So if you decide to do something to achieve a certain lifestyle, I mean, look at your, look at all of your amazing achievements and everything that you've built in your life. I mean, I should be asking you these questions because <laughs> no, no, your no. achievements dwarf everybody else's. Come on, you know. No, you're very uh, kind. So I think it's it's kind of you to ask me when you probably already know all these answers yourself. <laughs> I wish. I wish. So we should ask the same question for Christine. Christine, do you think you were in many ways predestined? to actually doing what you've done? Well, I think that um, I, I, it, was, it was destiny. I mean, I didn't have a choice really. My, my mother and my grandmother took me to meet designers from the time I was a little girl. And I was uh, chatting with uh, Jimmy Galanos as a child, excuse me chatting with Jimmy Galanos as a child. And when you, when you have these experiences, you can't but um, become convinced that perhaps it's for you. And it, it became, it was very easy for me to talk the language of clothes and very easy for me to talk the language of style. And um, yes, I think it was a destiny for me. I started an online magazine for fashion before anyone really did. And I, I, I think it was because I was in Silicon Valley. I was a sort of fashionista girl. And yes, I, I, I believe in destiny, but I also believe that we should, talk, we should be learning from masters like you, who <laughs> you self-actualized. You wanted to, you were a little boy and you wanted to come to, uh, you came to California and you said, I'm going to live here. <laughs> That's destiny. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, and on that note, um, you know, we selected another wine for you. And we purposely selected this winery, Wattle Creek in Sonoma, because of the butterfly. And you both understand why. One of my favorite fashion designers, who's kind of re revolutionized the way we look at fabric and materials, who could bring leather and feathers and bones together is Alexander McQueen. Oh, and, absolutely. And this actual um, label was really inspired for us of the butterfly series he's done with the skulls mm -hmm. and, and so forth. So I want to ask you, Christine, have you ever thought in your life to actually create your own fashion line? No, I haven't, uh, Jean-Charles. When I was younger, I created my own clothes because I was so bored with, I didn't care for the large shoulders in the 80s. I thought that was quite tacky. It looked like quarterbacks. <laughs> so I was uh, buying my own, um, my own uh, cashmere and so on and just having somebody make my own clothes for me. But other than that, there's so many great designers. It's not my métier. It's uh, my métier is collecting and finding the best, but not really. Hmm. I love when Christine dives into the glass. <laughs> oh, I think this is delicious. Of pleasure. Mm. This is delicious. I can feel it right here all the way in London. <laughs> this is well, really, really good. So this is a Pinot Noir, Christine, because I remembered, as we met, of course, the, 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 
The sparkling wine we first started with has Pinot Noir in it, which is the fundamental of the 69. And this is Pinot Noir as well, because you love the texture. Tell us, tell us about what texture it makes you think in fabrics, this wine. Vel vel velvet. The first thing. I was hoping. And maybe with a little cashmere into it. <laughs> yeah, a little, I mean, all, only the best. Thank you. So now you both embarked on, on another project. So very successful first book, incredible collaboration, you know, which is magic. And, and I'm going to repeat it. Everybody can get the books in many stores, of course, across the world. But as well, you could order it through us, through our wineries, because they're going to be promoted in every one of our uh, locations. We're so proud of our of you and your talent. So Christine, maybe give us the idea of your second incredible book, which is, um, you know, such an amazing, powerful achievement. Well, you know, Jean-Charles, I would like to share with you and all of your viewers why this book came about, because you will understand. Um, when the first book came out, I was interviewed all over the world by fashion journalists and they all asked the same question. How did I know about fashion being from California? Yep. So I thought we've got to write this wrong and we have to show this incredible So I said, Freddie, are you up for a book about California? And he said, oh, sure. But we, neither one of us knew how big the state was. Really. <laughs> If we'd known, we might've thought twice, but I said, you know, let's start finding fabulous people in California and show these journalists from around the world why we in California know about clothes. So, so Frédéric, what happened when Christine calls you and say, cher ami, j'ai une idée, I have an idea. So <laughs> what goes through your mind specifically on this one, because this is a collection of portrait that it's very rare to be able to do in one's life. And the trick you've done, as you so kindly told me about, was one of the most amazing trick probably in, in a lifetime one can do. Yes. Well, Christine made me sound a lot less enthusiastic than I actually was. I was thrilled with this idea. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it's, um, it's a brilliant idea. And I've, I've been coming to California for the last three, three decades almost. Um, so I, I have a relationship with California. I, I, I love the place. I've seen quite a, I had seen quite a lot of it by that point, but I was prepared to, to see everything. Um, and I was thrilled. And so we, we embarked on this, on this, well, I, I hate the word journey, but you know, we embarked on this thing together, which, um, was an education for me because I, I'm so curious about Californians, you know, and, and as an outsider, I see what all these misconceptions are. I've always understood that um, people just think of beaches and, and, you know, people in evening gowns when they think of California, but there's so much more to that. And we wanted to address all these misconceptions and it quickly grew beyond just style and fashion and into all encompassing, um, project about California. So when you start a project like this, which is a book of hundreds and hundreds of pages, this is a manuscript of 
an amazing documentation. And, and maybe, Christine, you just want to show it to us, as I know you have it there, so people can understand the, the, the power and the size of this. And this is the book. And we here is the ah. <laughs> open right up. So this is our lifestyle. Our openings for our lifestyle chapter. Well, thank you for that. This was way too much honor that Gina and I deserve, but we, we were very no, very I mean to be part of it. You kicked you kicked off lifestyle, and I thought very, very well, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's quite a, a hefty book because California, let's face it, is quite a big place. So give us give us the structure as no one can see the book uh, and what went through back and forth between the two of you as you created it. And give us the, the organization of the book because I think indeed for the world, and I, I feel the same way as you, Christine, I'm the one always promoting California because I've loved it since the age of 11. And I always go back to France or Europe or the Middle East or Asia and I say California, and people say, fine, yes, you may spend a few days there, but they never really understand the spectrum and the diversity and the, the richness of it culturally. Yes, yes. Well, you know, it's interesting, Jean-Charles, we were immediately thought we were gonna do a book about just elegant people. And what happened in the course of uh, very quickly, we realized that true elegance was generosity of spirit and diversity. It wasn't just, you know, evening dresses on, on a, a veranda in Santa Barbara, although that's very beautiful. That's not really what California is about. California is about elegance, diversity, generosity of spirit, and uh, this sort of I can do it attitude, pioneer attitude, you know, whatever it is to, for instance, you coming out as an 11 year old and saying, I'm gonna live here and I'm going to build my business here. Or it's just, you're very much a part of the California story. I mean, this is exactly what I think of when I think of California, it's sort of people like my mother and father coming out from Chicago in 1950 and this is where they wanted to be. And, and um, or people a hundred years earlier really coming out in 1850 because there was gold. That's right. So Frédéric, when you, you get this um, discussion going with Christine, what is going through your mind as a very deeply entrenched European that you are and who's done really a tremendous collection of, of mainly fashion from Vogue, Vanity Fair, the fashion world, what went through your mind and, and what angle did you take to, to visualize and immortalize those people on those pages? So the entry point for me, as always, is the portrait of the person. So it's all about the people to start. But obviously, you have to show them in their environment because the environment is, as you say, so diverse and unique that it's, that's also a big part of the story. And we thought, how are we going to divide this up? Because it's such a vast place with so many aspects to it. And we discussed this a lot and decided to break it down in themes. So we start off the book with the diaspora until World War II um, yep. and look at some of the, the history of California, you know, because I think you need to be honest about some of the more trickier aspects of the past of California uh, before you then start looking at agriculture, 
or science and climate change research or the tech aspect, of course, which is huge. Uh, but then also the arts and fashion and lifestyle and sports, um, the universities and all the unsung heroes, uh, the firefighters, um, <laughs> uh, the caregivers, the janitors, everything right up to the governor and politics. So we really try to divide it up into very coherent chapters so that we can uh, structure it in a more accessible way. That's what I really love in the book, frankly, and I'm delighted you did a book because I, I really can tell you, and as Christine, you describe it so well with all the people you've talked around the planet about fashion, often people cannot see it. Really summarize California into three words, sea, sun, and obviously bountiful offerings of the earth and maybe technology today, but that's the limit of the people's vision of California. So I'm, I'm really delighted. What, what do you further, Christine and Frederic, hope that the book has as an impact around the world? Well, I can say for myself that I'd like to see this book in every uh, high school in California. Yes. Because I, I, obviously it's a book for a collector. It's not a, necessarily a book for a high school student. Although if I'd seen this book when I was in high school, I would have been a lot more informed. It, it, it doesn't beat around the bush, uh, Jean-Charles. We, we talk about the things that weren't talked about when I was going to school uh, when Gina and I were going to school in California, things were hidden from us. And they're now out in the open and we had to address them. And we address them in the introduction and in the diaspora. And then we move on to uh, our chapters, agriculture and so on and lifestyle and et, et cetera. And there's where the diversity really comes in. So um, I'm hoping and thinking that people will look at the book and say, oh my goodness, this isn't how I thought California was. I thought it was all about Walt Disney and surfers and I don't know what, what else, who knows. And then also when you say you travel around the world, you know, you go to Asia, etc. wouldn't it just be so great if you can show people a book like this when you're there, you know, so that they can see it for themselves. There's the text and there's the images. And, and there's so much that can be learned from California. You know, there's this optimism and this lightness of spirit and this can-do attitude, as Christine says, that um, people around the world could learn from and could, could use as well. So it's, it's a tool, I think, this book. Absolutely. And as, as you're discussing this, I'm thinking we need to make it available for the consulates, the embassies, the schools, you know, the, the cross-cultural, you know, organization that really foster encouragement of people discovering new places. So I think this is a great way to do it. What other medium, when you write books, as you've done many, uh, would you like to see being applied to the books? Because you said it, I could see so powerful as some of your keywords, Christine, and Frédéric, some of your very powerful pictures, because I thoroughly went through the book one page by one with our daughters. And this is what I want to tell you. They were so compelled. I'm and so thrilled. Thank I'm you. So I'm so happy so to hear engaged. you say that. They really were. And I was thinking maybe there's some ways of presenting to the book in a different way where there's large digital screens 
that in addition to your powerful words encompass the visage of some of those people you you portray would you see that done as well yes absolutely that's a fantastic idea and if ever we do the audiobook, we know who we're calling because you, you speak so well of everything that you could describe all those pictures in, in a few words. <laughs> well, it will have to, to, to take a little French accent to it. I think the English accent would probably be better. <laughs> so um, otherwise, within the book, one more question I have for you before a few more grander questions for the both of you um in in a few sentences if people think of california what would you like them to say after they read the book in a very concise way and i know the title is of course california elegance frederick and christine what would you like them to say as they close the book or for the book well, I think the state motto is, is what comes to mind. Eureka, I found it. Very good. Very good. And you, Christine? I want people to come away understanding a new definition of elegance, which is generosity of spirit and diversity. And that's what our state has in abundance. Wow. Maybe you should, uh, you should go for governor, Christine, because you know, we're on the cusp of, of reformatting our political agenda. Maybe it should be you. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, George Charles. <laughs> so on that note, I, I served the new wine, the Grenache. And you know, we selected this wine, Christine, because you know, it's often we think of Pinot Noir, we think of Cabernet Sauvignon, red blends, but Grenache with the South of France is a true California grape variety that is doing so well. It has the wealth and the richness of the soil of California that it has to offer. So as you taste it, I would love for you to tell me what you think of this wine. And I would love to ask at the same time as you think of it to Frédéric and you, You've done so much to both of you. What inspires you? First, I have to tell me, I'm very inspired by this Grenache. Thank you. I have to say Grenache is one of my particular favorites. Oh. Yes. I don't know why. I drank it in France in a chateau once with a handsome man. Ah. <laughs> Happy well, memory. It's delicious. It's divine. I know you've been surrounded with handsome men, of course, obviously, Frederic, for a long time. Yes, and absolutely. We're we, we delighted to hear that men can still inspire women. <laughs> oh, they still do, yes. So maybe for the both of you, uh, you know, you've done both so much. What, share your inspiration and how you get it and what inspires you and what what is maybe next as well? For me, it's the pursuit of beauty and also love and friendship. You know, those are the things that uh, keep me going every day and inspiration of, that comes from them. Very well said. Very well said, uh, Frédéric. And as you, as you show us every day in your, in your work, what about you for, for, for you, Christine? 
Well, it would be very similar, especially with the pandemic. Uh, I recognize that the fact that my eye has been trained to beauty has been very, very helpful in getting me through on a day-to-day -day basis. Sometimes our days have not been so sunny, you know, and to find beauty everywhere I go is what has gotten me through. And that is a sort of a leitmotif of my life, uh, looking for beauty. Looking for beauty. Well, then what is your dreams, both of you? If we had to summarize it in one or two dreams. Well, I'll just say very simply that I hope that the vision of beauty that we've been able to create will be something that will be shared widely and that people will respond to, that they'll say, oh, California is uh, not what I thought. It's richer, it's deeper, it's more layered, it's more complex, like a fine wine. <laughs> I like that. What about for you, Frédéric? For me, it's to keep being able to communicate love and beauty and happiness through my work and to all these things that inspire me to be able to share them with everybody. Yeah, that sense of sharing, I agree with you, is, is so essential. And to share the way you look at it and you inspire all of us that way. Well, congratulations, Bo. This is so exciting. Now, we're going to ask you the last word independently the big message to all of us. We are at the end of March. This is an exciting time. We're entering spring, as you know, which is really one of my favorite seasons, personally, because things grow and blossom and new colors come to life. And the earth is, is really providing us those beautiful gifts of beauty. So what is your big message to all of us after leaving, you know, an unusual, probably 18 to 20 months behind us. Well, I'll, I'll go first and I'll just say that uh, living in California is the most wonderful thing for me. You, as you say, spring is the most beautiful season here. Everything has come to life and we're smelling everything and life is growing everywhere and, uh, I think it helps us to remain hopeful for the future. And I am very hopeful for the future. I feel that the future is uh, very bright. It's ahead of us, very bright. Um, and uh, I hope that we all feel that way, but I can tell you for sure that I do uh, agree with you. Spring is the most beautiful season. Yes. Yes, and well, thank I, you for that great message. Frédéric, uh, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> I, would, I would say stay calm and carry on. <laughs> well, very well said. Very well said. Well, to both of you, we were so honored to spend this amazing time together. Thank you for dealing you. well with, with the world of connectivity. Dear friends, Frédéric was all the way in beautiful London. Uh, of course, uh, Christine was in the Silicon Valley in Palo Alto, and uh, I'm in Napa Valley. So the beauty of the world together, we were able to, to visit, to spend time together. Really want to thank you, besides amazing creation that you've done that will last forever, electric fashion, 
And of course, California Elegance, you do so much in so many fields and you're such an inspiration. So I want to tell you how grateful, how honored and privileged we feel, one, to be part of the journey of your books. And more importantly, and I say more importantly, not to minimize your achievement, but to be together friends and to count you in our world and to follow the inspiration that you both are. So on the behalf of the world, Frederic, arigato gozaimasu. Merci beaucoup. Christine, thank you so much for being such a, a catalyst of beauty. And, uh, and to both of you, we cannot wait to welcome you back in the heart of Napa Valley. We will promote the books now and we're delighted that everyone can get the books with the links you're going to see attached to this wonderful session. So to a marvelous spring. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. So, so.